This is the recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Thursday, February 8, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. Advocates for immigrant rights are criticizing Iowa Republican lawmakers for supporting bills that target undocumented immigrants. Iowa Public Radio's Katerina Sestarek reports they held a rally at the State House yesterday. Republican lawmakers have advanced a bill that would prevent undocumented immigrants from getting in-state college tuition. They're considering a new crime of human smuggling that opponents say would criminalize driving undocumented immigrants to a doctor's appointment. And Republicans have once again advanced bills that would require employers to use a federal system to check the immigration status of job applicants. Vanessa Marcano-Kelly with Iowa Migrant Movement for Justice says lawmakers who support these bills aren't interested in real solutions. Iowa legislators are following an obvious and tired trend. Every election year, they attack immigrants and lean into misinformation and fear to try to mobilize their voters. Marcano Kelly says these bills are attacks on essential workers, young people who dream of higher education, and low-income families who are going through a hard time. I'm Katerina Sestarek, IPR News. Macomb will seek federal funding to pay for a long-delayed road project. Tri-State's Public Radio's Rich Egger reports. The work would be done on Candy Lane from Jackson Street to Grant Street. Much of that stretch would be widened to include a center turn lane. A multi-use path would be added, curbs and gutters would be installed, and water mains would be replaced. The city applied for federal funding last year but did not get it. However, Mayor Mike Inman says he and other city representatives met last fall with federal officials in Washington, D.C. and were urged to try again. There was a, an effort to submit, submit, submit uh, a historical amount of funding for infrastructure improvements. The city will seek full funding for the project, which is estimated to cost more than $7.5 million. The city council this week agreed to spend no more than 14000 to update and submit its application. Rich Egger reporting. Spring enrollment at Western Illinois University is down compared to last year. Total enrollment is nearly 6,500. Last year at this time it was nearly 7,000, and this past fall enrollment was a shade more than 7,000. However, the university is reporting strong enrollment of international students with more than 800. That's the second largest spring international student figure in the school's history. The administration also says high school student dual enrollment is up by 24 percent. Illinois Lieutenant Governor Juliana Stratton has launched the state's first-ever healing-centered task force. Illinois Public Radio's Alex Degman reports. The idea is to ensure that trauma victims have prominent seats at the table as lawmakers craft statewide policies to help them. Stratton says the task force's first meeting included a number of people who have been there and have personal experiences to share. I think we've gotten to a point in our society, at least here in Illinois, where we've said if we really want to break some of the cyclical and intergenerational aspects of trauma and the harm that it's caused, We have to get to the root. The group will look at mental health services provided in the state and determine how they can be improved. It has a year to submit its report to lawmakers and the governor. I'm Alex Degman. 
Iowa schools could not punish someone for using the wrong name or pronouns for a teacher or student under a bill that has cleared the House Education Committee. No suspension or other discipline would be allowed as long as the student or staff person is addressed by their legal name or the name on their school registration. A law passed last year allows transgender students to use a different name or pronoun at school as long as their parents approve. Democratic Representative Monica Kurth of Davenport says the House bill would allow a teacher or classmate to ignore that request. You know, if we're taking away suspension, detention, etc., we're saying to kids, uh, there's no problem with bullying. You're not going to be suspended. You're not going to be suffer detention. Republican Representative Henry Stone of Forest City says whatever a student's wishes, teachers and others should not fear consequences for using their legal name. The same proposal passed out of the Education Committee last year but stalled when it reached the House floor. The American Red Cross continues to face an emergency blood shortage. Hospitals around the country are in urgent need of donations as the number of donors keeps declining. The organization says the number of people donating blood to the Red Cross has fallen by about 40 percent in 20 years. Blood drive information can be found at redcrossblood.org. For our Women's Voices series, commentator Beth Howard recounts a recent loss to shed light on the dark subject of mental illness. Her name was Sophie. Our mutual friend Joan had introduced us last Friday. On Monday, just three days later, Joan called to tell me Sophie was gone, that she had committed suicide. Joan had informed me before a meeting that Sophie had bipolar disorder and had just come off a manic episode. But when we met, Sophie seemed fine, a gentle soul with a warm smile, willing to share advice for the documentary I'm working on. We drank English breakfast tea with milk and ate slivers of cake filled with chocolate mousse. These details aren't relevant, but they seem more vivid to me now. Everything seems more vivid. Sophie showed me a short video of her latest project. As I watched it, I laughed and told her, it's such a fun, feel-good story. You can't watch it without smiling. As our meeting wrapped up, She said she would send me the contact info for someone who could help me with my film. I had planned on sending her a thank you note to tell her how much I enjoyed meeting her and reiterate how much I believed in her project. And then I couldn't, because she took her own life. I'm still trying to understand it. She was 41, beautiful, fit, talented, highly creative, successful. She was also the mother of two young daughters. I've been troubled by this for days. I am familiar with depression. I've had dark suicidal thoughts of my own, the worst of it after my husband died unexpectedly. In my case, the light has always won out over the darkness. What kept me going was my dogs. Who would take care of them if I was gone? I couldn't abandon them, these innocent animals who not only loved me unconditionally, but seemed to recognize their role as saviors. They would jump onto the bed, lick my tears, and remind me to keep living. Then we would go for long walks in the forest, where nature and dogs and twice-weekly sessions with a grief counselor gradually eased my sadness. Depression, however, is only one half of bipolar disorder, which also presents itself with a flip side of mania, delusions, and hallucinations. What causes the brain to misfire like this, sending signals so desperate and blinding that one sees no other solution than to end it all? Why didn't the thought of Sophie abandoning her little girls prompt her to check into a hospital instead of the hotel where she overdosed? I googled the hell out of the questions. 
What triggers a bipolar episode? Does it get better with time? Hormones, childbirth, stress, lack of sleep, and even medication can exacerbate it. And no, it doesn't get better. Sadly, it can get worse. Sophie's dog had died not long after she had her babies. She had just lost a bid for a new client, and her marriage was in trouble. Any one of those stressors alone could trigger her illness, but all three combined must have felt insurmountable. Part of me understands the desire to be relieved of such debilitating pain, the notion that death is the only path to ultimate peace. But circumstances can improve, and brain chemistry can change. There is always the potential that things will get better. And while there is no cure for bipolar disorder, I wish Sophie had trusted that her deeply depressive episode would pass. I wish she had gotten the help she needed. But getting help is a big part of the problem. Over one-fifth of the U.S. population suffers from mental illness. Let that number sink in. One-fifth of all Americans suffer from mental illness. But over half of those don't get treatment. There's a shortage of doctors, with wait times for an appointment often several months long. There's a continuing social stigma that causes shame and discrimination. There's also a lack of knowledge in the field of psychiatry often leading to misdiagnosis and medications being prescribed in a luck-of-the-draw way to see what may or may not work. Even with the new initiatives like the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, mental health care in America is not improving. It's getting worse. Over the past two decades, the U.S. suicide rate has climbed 36%. The brain is the final frontier in science. If only the billionaires who are building rockets and searching for other planets that could support human life would instead allocate that money to mental health research and increased services, the investment could pay off exponentially, helping to solve issues like gun violence, domestic abuse, substance abuse, poverty, and homelessness, and it could save the lives of beautiful young mothers like Sophie. To honor Sophie and help others, please consider making a donation to the mentalhealthcoalition.org. Beth Howard is an author and filmmaker who lives in Donaldson, Iowa. Her website is theworldneedsmorepie.com. She changed the names and some details in this commentary to protect the privacy of the woman and her family. The opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Western Illinois University or Tri-State's public radio. Diverse viewpoints are welcomed and encouraged. In the weather for our listing area for today, scattered showers are possible. It will be partly sunny with a high in the low 60s and breezy with south winds at 15 to 25 miles an hour, gusting up to 45 miles an hour at times. For tonight, it should be mostly clear with a low in the low 40s. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.